0: This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score. Yeovil Town 1, Wrexham 2, a huge win this. and oh, Just think about it. We've won eight of our last ten away games. And the two that we didn't win were an away match to a higher division team when we were winning a quarter of an hour left. And an away match to Notts County where we started superbly, but then had this player sent off within the first 10 minutes, which conditioned the match, so gosh. It's not bad away form, though, is it? Let's be honest. This was an interesting one. There'd been a few wins like this, where it was a bit of a... Uh, Shall we say half-and-half half performance? Maybe thirds, two-thirds performance? Wrexham, in the first half-hour didn't do well, but roused themselves last 10 minutes of the first half, and with a better team in the second half. are in poor form. Didn't play like that. But maybe you might argue did defend like that. Anyway, Rexham made two changes. Carme Thomas made his first league start of the season up front in place of Jordan Ponticelli and Max Cloworth went back down to the bench for Harry Lennon coming in uh, and the defence. And started badly, could have been behind after two minutes, uh, although none of Joval's long throwers, and they've got a few to choose from. I've got a range of Tozer, they can propel dangerous stuff in. One of them was slung into the near post, was flicked on by Jordan Davis across the face of his goal, and Lane had to do really well to get down low to his left, lunge to push the ball away from danger. In the eighth minute, Davis got his head on another long throw, this time the right side of the pitch. Tozer throwing it in, Davis getting up and flicking the ball across the face of goal, nobody could get on the end of it. Just before the 10 minute mark, we had a warning of what was soon to come when the right side player Knowles came inside and from 10 yards out tried to put the ball on top right corner but couldn't find the target. And although Wrexham went close to opening the scoring a couple of minutes later, a free kick on the edge of the area. Jordan Davis, hitting it well, just flicked off ahead in the wall and deflected just wide at the top left corner. In the 14th minute, Yeovil took the lead. It was a poor goal to concede, really. Knowles took a throw-in on the right-hand side, short, ran round the back of the play he'd thrown to and received the ball and then came in and from 25 yards hit a left-footed shot which went into the bottom right corner. Uh, Wrexham didn't put enough pressure on him at all. Uh, Lainton, I think, on sight is maybe, uh, you know, sort of, Slightly caught out by it, but to be fair, if he's unsighted, he can't blame it. Like, the real issue is that we we allowed him the space on the edge of our area to tee up a shot like that, and that rocked us a little bit. Although we did have a, a moment of hope soon afterwards, Davis putting in a really good cross, Thomas unmarked six yards out, putting it over the bar. The flag did go up for our side, but you know, had he timed his run right, he probably would have arrived at the right time to head the ball in. Um, that was. Yeah, there wasn't an awful lot from Wrexham. The were the better side, and like I said, in the first 30-35 minutes. Moved the ball around very well. They made a slightly caught us sound. They played 4-3-3. They lined it up slightly differently from normal, though. Low Everton was on the left. He was excellent when they won at the race course earlier this season. He's very mobile and he was drifting all over the place. Wakefield, who's usually a good strong ball carrier going forwards to the left, was playing through the middle. Gave him a bit more physicality, but those two particularly were very fluent. In their exchanging of positions. Knowles on the right. Sticking there more. But Worthington. The right side of the midfielder. Who is creative. Was getting up and going beyond Knowles quite often. And that fluency of movements was good. Their pressing was good at the race course. It was good in this game. And Wrexham trying to knock long balls towards Carme Thomas. Didn't really work. We also could have been punished. When we tried to pass the ball through the press. Uh, when Toza well, the, the, well, I beg your pardon, that was the start of the second half. Ignore the last sentence. There had an opportunity when Tozer was racing back towards goal and over-hit a back pass to Laneton, who managed to get a foot on it, but could only give it straight to Worthington. A three-on-one break, Worthington played the correct ball to put Wakefield clear with what looked like the simplest of opportunities one-on-one with Laneton and he topped his shot, and Lainton was able to get down low to his right and save it. He shouldn't have even been able to see it. Then a free kick half cleared, Low Everton driving in a ball to the far post and Staunton, the centre-back unmarked in the six-yard box, somehow contrived to head the ball over. Two glorious opportunities there for Yeovil and although Wrexham did make an attempt with ten minutes to a half left as we started to do better, young finding Davis who did really well to get a shot off on the turn but couldn't keep it down. It was actually Oval who threatened right at the end of the half in added time when again Lou Everton was creative. He found Wakefield 15 yards out on the left channel and he went for the top right corner and put it a bit too high. But Wrexham had shown a bit more promise in those last 10 minutes. The midfield looks to be playing a little bit high up the pitch. We we were getting the wing-backs in. Uh, the system Yeovil were employing was effective, but it did leave them vulnerable to quick switches, and we started to get them working, started to get Huzano and Hall-Johnson into the game a little bit more. We didn't really succeed in getting Thomas and Mullen into the game, though, uh, to be honest. A bit too much of a distance between them and our midfield. And because of that possibly although also Thomas did take a couple of heavy whacks including one in the face from the keeper accidentally with that offside chance Thomas came off at half time and Jordan Ponticelli came on and Ponticelli made an instant impact there were two things that felt different from the very start of the second half one was that Ponticelli, different type of attacker, was really putting himself around, was a real presence and clearly was troubling uh, the Yeovil defence And the second thing was that we clearly had identified the gap between their left-back and left-sided centre-back as something to exploit. Constantly, Hayden would just hit early balls into that right channel, and we were away and causing problems. And suddenly the boot was on the other foot. The continued to look quite inventive and cute going forwards, but really... In all honesty, after the instance I'm about to describe, the one I tried to describe about a minute ago and then pulled back from, they didn't create another real chance until added time. That opportunity actually came straight from the kickoff, and it was the mistake I was referring to by Tozer, who played a really sloppy ball on the edge of his area, again, to give the ball to Worthington, who again worked it inside to Wakefield in a fantastic position, and on this occasion he just couldn't get the ball properly under control, and Wrexham were able to push him away from goal without him getting a shot off. Having said that... Yeovil then spent the best part of two minutes in and around our penalty area probing and pushing, and we had to stand firm to stop them from breaking through. However, we did stand firm, and from then on, as I said, we bossed the second half, our tempo was much better, and, uh, like I said, we'd found ways to trouble Yeovil. The first ball down that right channel led, in the end, to York Young picking it up across from the right-hand side, swinging it into the far post. Ponticelli got up really well to win his header and nod it down into the goal mouth, and the keeper Smith had to rush off his line to beat Mullen to it in the six-yard box. Then... Hall Johnson again playing it down the right channel. Great ball, set Mullen away from a tightish angle. He drove the ball powerfully across the keeper and it just scraped the far post. Frustration for the striker, but he'd make up for it in the 59th minute. It was okay, it's a controversial goal. But frankly, the controversy is all of Yeovil's making. When you see the highlights, you'll see exactly what I mean. I've also put a Twitter thread up to illustrate this. Yeovil have complained, and Darren Saal, their manager, after the matches, made a long six minute um, complaint in his post match interview about, about, about this. Oh, he talks about other stuff, alright, I've got to be fair. But he's wrong about this goal. The referee, Sonny Gill, someone we are previous with, of course, he gave a crazy penalty against us at Eastleigh last season when James Horsfield cleared the ball for the line and he was penalised for high kicking, um, was spot on on this occasion. So basically, what happened? Ball's bobbling around in midfield, and Dale Gorman, the midfielder for Yeovil, is waiting for the ball to come down to head it. Ponticelli is behind him and jumps to try to win the ball. Gordon goes down holding his face. Now, Sal's version of this is that the referee should have stopped the game. In fact, in his words, the referee should think very carefully about allowing players of head injuries not to be treated and that he was going to report him. Okay. now, when you look at the footage, you'll see very clearly Ponticelli's nowhere near his head. He brushes his arm. There's a good, at the closest point, it's a good six inches between Gorman and Ponticelli. uh, Gorman's head and Ponticelli. They said he was cut. Well, if he was cut, it wasn't from that. So he stayed down, chose to stay down. Sal complained that Mullen would have been coming into the area that Gorman had been covering if he had been taking part in the move. While he doesn't need to have a conversation with Sonny Gill... I think he needs to have a conversation with Gorman... Because Gorman stayed down for a very long time... Holding his face... The referee was close to it... Obviously saw there was no contact... And continued play... Yeovil did get the ball back briefly... Whether they could have put the ball out of play... As a moot point... Because they they won it back under pressure... In the centre of the pitch... Although it's got to be said that Knowles then... As Hall Johnson went in with what looked like... A wild challenge from behind... And took a spectacular dive Paul Johnson coming in from behind Dangerous angles come in from But did actually win the ball And Knowles flopped really spectacularly But again right in front of the ref Who again waved play on Knowles decided to double down on his dive And stayed down So you have two Yeovil players down one of whom definitely has dived. The other one, well, I, if he is hurt on his head, I, I don't understand how. They've both stayed down. Wrexham break. Hosanna does well to retrieve the ball on the left-hand side. Pulls it back to Mullen, 15 yards out. And he does the rest. Gets onto his right foot. Lovely hooked finish into the far top corner. Brilliant finish by Mullen. Wrexham really got their tails up now. The um, over went nuts. But, <laughs> like I said... <laughs> Apart from the sort of anger of expecting people to kick the ball because your player's gone down, they have no grounds for anything, I've got to say. Um, Wrexham, then halfway through the second half, lost another player. I, must have been, I was slightly annoyed by this. Uh, Bryce Susanna clearly pulled a muscle, looked like it might be his thigh, judging by the way he was being treated. Um, Gorman, oh, when uh, the referee allowed Physio to come on, Gorman started windmilling so wildly, I thought his arms might come off. And then Gorman, uh, uh, did I say Gorman? Sarls, I was waving his arms. Gorman came up, the player who had the head injury, um, and tried to pick Hosanna up, even though he just tried to get up and then collapsed. And jelly his body language, was horrified as he sprinted across. He was clearly worried about Hosanna. So I was impressed with that, if I'm honest, we you from Yeovil. Anyway, Hosanna clearly had to come off. And interestingly, it was Liam McElindon coming on, his first sample of league action since he got sent off against Yeovil very softly, a result which conditioned that match. I don't recall Yeovil complaining about the injustice of that one. Anyway, Matt Linden, like Ponticelli, would make a massive, massive impact as Wrexham pushed on. Firstly, though, Wrexham had a half chance from a throw which Tozer slung into the goal mouth as ever. Hayden touched it on brilliantly and it was blocked underneath the bar before in the 79th minute Wrexham got the goal. I know this is going to sound odd, but it was a really good own goal. Can't blame the defender, uh, Morgan Williams, for it. But the build-up was excellent. Michael Lindon was really busy buzzing up and down on the left-hand side. It was very bold, I thought, of Phil Parkinson to put him on as a wing-back when he could have been more conservative. But to be frank, when the score was one all Wrexham had the body language of a team going for the win, and Yeovil were trying to slow things down on restarts. So we were very positive. Uh, McClendon certainly played his part in the goal, broke down the left-hand side, whipped a terrific cross across the face of goal. Bonschelli couldn't reach it. Jordan Davis did wonderfully at the far post, arriving... Uh, about four yards out but not in it with the shooting angle and managed to make great contact on the half volley with the outside of his left foot to prod it his pace back in the goal as there were two Wrexham players waiting for the tap in and Williams lunging towards his own goal had to try and play it and could do nothing but knock it past his goalkeeper from point blank range and Wrexham had the lead and again to be fair rather than sit back Wrexham pushed on and looked for a third and were unlucky not to get one there was a a nice uh Interchange When Mullen Was able To break away And find Young Young smashed an 18 yard a shot Which was blocked And then from The resulting throwing The ball came back again To Young Who slammed it from 18 yards out And it just whistled over the bar Inches in it So close to his first goal of the season In the 88th Minute We went closer again Another free kick for Davis to take. This time as he ran into that right channel again and was cynically pulled to the ground. A yellow card to Williams just outside the box. And Davis ripped it over the wall. Smith got down low to his left and managed to push it back into the goal mouth where Hall-Johnson took a touch from a tight angle but only a couple of yards out. Went for power and smashed it against the post. The ball flew across the face of goal to safety. Desperately close. In added time, Wrexham... Cats, Yeovil at arms' length. They looked pretty comfortable. There were a couple of balls into the box. The best of which was driven to the near post and. Adi Yusuf, no, not Folkestone's Adi Yusuf, who scored passes last week. That other Adi Yusuf, who'd just come on, tried to get to it at the near post and couldn't. Langton received this and took a quick throw out to the right-hand side. Wrexham broke away dangerously. Ponticelli pulling the ball back and Davis, from the edge of the area, hitting a powerful shot. Tremendous piece of work to poke the ball just wide of his own goal uh, by little it was a great hit by by Young and an excellent block but for a corner. Wrexham spent two minutes keeping the ball in that corner with throw-ins and free kicks. And the final whistle went and the amazing travelling army of over 800 Wrexham fans got their just desserts. Brilliant win for Wrexham. Looking through the performances, again, Layton didn't have all that much to do. Made that important sprawling save early on. But to be honest, and you know, I do take Sal's point when he said that they made chances to kill the game off. They did near the end of the first half. They had that Staunton free header, which he should have put on target, and they also had another opportunity. Then they were a the three-on-one, which Leinster saved well. But I think you'd probably expect to save. But yeah, they didn't take their chances. Uh, Leinster wasn't overly worked. The centre backs. I, I want to point Tozer out, who was outstanding. But made two huge errors. I don't know quite how you quantify that performance. He made the mistake when he hit the overhead pass to Lainton, which led to a free on one, and then he made that mistake right at the start of the second half. Where he gave the ball away in the edge of his area. Apart from those two pretty big howlers, he was so authoritative. He was winning everything in the air. He was strong. He was dominant. He was he was terrific. Uh, But he could have cost us two goals. Strange one to quantify. Hayden uh, was, again, was solid and started pumping those balls down the right channel and became an important outlet for us. On the left-hand side, again, Lennon did well. Uh, He had a lot of movement to contend with on that side of the pitch, but his his pace and solidity helped him to deal with that. So the back three, I thought, did well. The midfield uh, struggled a bit early on as Joval worked the ball about their movement was good they were dropping off between the lines between defence and midfield and it was pulling our midfield back and when they weren't profiting from that space they were at least forcing our midfield into a position where they couldn't really influence the game and, and try and take the initiative but then Waxham did start to take that initiative as I the midfield did step up a bit more and for the last hour all three of them did very well uh, Young was tireless in his hard work constantly working um and, and trying to make things happen as well I had a couple of decent shots davis again the player who tries to to create and in the second half particularly in these away games as, as the games get stretched he really starts punishing the side. The number of creative balls forward he played was pleasing I, I want to single out james jones as well because his work rate is exceptional as it always is to be fair he did a lot of the ugly scrappy stuff that you don't notice so much in a game an awful lot of continuity play an awful lot of taking difficult balls uh, bobbling around all over the place and taming them giving them back to a defender just to keep possession a lot of hard work covering people a lot of good decoy runs for all johnson as well uh, I, I thought jones in a, in a low-key way did very well the wing backs, hall johnson uh I mean, they both did very well going forwards. Hull Johnson may have been a little bit more threat than Hosanna. Perhaps, shame to see Hosanna hurt. That's a bit of a concern. Um, but, yeah, maybe both of them will feel they could have got better quality into the box, but both of them got forwards a decent effect. And I wouldn't say were, they weren't really getting... The, the wide players didn't have the beating of them. They were coming inside more, in all honesty, and or passing around them. So defensively they were okay. And then up front, I felt sorry for Thomas. It was hard for him to get into the game. Um, we hit long stuff at him and he was just battling away with the centre-backs. We didn't give him enough service, I think, to work on properly. And Mullen, you know, he had to he had to be brought into the game. He worked a good shift, uh, but we weren't giving him good service in the first half-hour. But when that changed in the second half and, of course, he was decisive with that brilliant goal. Ponticelli comes on at half-time. And he and McElindon, the two subs we used, were were crucial. McElindon, like I said, bold decision to put him on, but he wasn't really tested that much defensively, and going forwards, he was a real crackerjack. He was terrific. And Ponticelli immediately changed the tone of the game. His work rate, fantastic. The centre-back started really getting worked by him, and he deserves an awful lot of credit for the work he did as a foil for Mullen. Uh, In the commentary, we actually made Ponticelli man of the match. Uh, We all... We all had differing opinions. I was leaning towards Luke Young. Having watched the game again... Oh, man. (laughs) My weekends. They're football. Um, I started thinking a bit about Jordan Davis, too, as well, for the way that he was prompting and and playing balls forwards. But overall, who cares? Who cares who's of the match? That's a great performance by Wrexham. A great win. They've come back from behind for the third time this season to win. And... It puts us in a decent position, not only in the league table, but going into a huge day on Tuesday, when some teams above us will have to drop points because they're playing against each other, and when we welcome Grimsby, one of our contenders, we need to maintain this self-belief in front of a big racecourse crowd. Remember that you can listen to live commentary of that, of course, on Wrexham Player. You can listen to Dragonheart on Friday. The podcast will be out as well on Wednesday, this podcast. And also I've been continuing the Hot Take podcasts because I take too long to think about these ones now. So the Hot Take, the quick two-minute reaction to the game soon after it finished, so you can get a bit of a, a quick update on, on what went on. So, good old Wrexham, great result that. The final score of Yeovil Town 1, Wrexham 2. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.